Hi, this is Ted from Book of Love, and you're listening to TFC Recorder. Hello there, I'm PF, this is my tape reporter. Coming up, Canadian comedian Paul Meyerhog finds success in the UK. There's more of a machine gun style of comedy because uh, you're only doing 20 minute sets in the UK. So it took, a, it took a little while to get used to that rapid fire style. We'll hear more from Paul in just a few minutes. PF does stand up again, oh no, but you always learn something new at every open mic. I'll share that experience with you in just a bit. But first, as always, fake news. <laughs> And now, fake news with me. Nine Greenpeace activists were arraigned Wednesday, a day after they walked past security of Procter & Gamble headquarters in Cincinnati, ziplined between the headquarters' towers, and hung banners in protest at the company's palm oil supplier. Police have a theory as to how the protesters were able to pull off such a caper. If we think that they walked in somehow, um, we're not sure how, but they got into the building. Yes, we think they just walked in the building. All right. NRI President Wayne LaPierre repeated his mantra this week at the CPAC 2014 convention. The surest way to stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. So let's get this straight now. So we have more guns than any other country, per capita probably, and yet we still have mass shootings. So you NRA idiots have got to get on the stick, man. President Barack Obama on Thursday said he was powerless to stop mass expulsions of illegal immigrants, which prompted one Latino advocacy group to brand him deporter-in-chief. Confused Fox News viewers aren't sure whether to cheer or criticize this news. Russia on Thursday dismissed as primitive distortion of reality, cynicism, and double standards of the U.S. Department of State fact sheet that called President Vladimir Putin's comments on the crisis in Ukraine false in a document called President Putin's Fiction, Ten False Claims About Ukraine. And on their Facebook page, the State Department said, like and share if you think President Putin is in the wrong. Barbie's mythical proportions have been called into question for a while now, and Pittsburgh-based artist Nikolai Lamb is finally taking action to do something about it. This past summer, Lamb created a doll he called Normal Barbie, and his creation soon went viral. Lamb's doll received so much support that he's now launched a campaign to fund production of Lammy, who wears very light makeup and is dressed with striking simplicity. She promotes a healthy lifestyle and realistic beauty standards. She also drives a beat-up Honda, rents a room in the dream house, and has a soul-sucking job in a cubicle. Pope Francis said that media coverage that depicts him as superhuman is offensive because he's just a normal person, though he says he does look striking in tights and a cape. And finally, a veteran Arizona state senator, Steve Galarahu, was a vocal critic of the bill that touched off a national debate over discrimination, came out Wednesday as gay, saying, I wanted to let everyone know I am gay, I am Latino, and I am a state senator, and it's okay. He was immediately asked to no longer shop at his favorite bakery and to show his papers before he was allowed to leave the Capitol building. And that's been Fake News with me. So I did some stand-up a couple of weeks ago, the usual open mic here in Cincinnati. We call the Pro-Am Show, and uh, it's different than some open mics in that uh, it's called a, it's a bringer show. What that means is you have to bring five people uh, to say that they're there to see you and then let you go on stage and do five minutes. And if you uh, don't bring enough people, they cut your time down, or if you don't bring anybody, you're not allowed to go on stage. Uh, they cut me some slack. Uh, nobody showed up for me, but they let me do three minutes. And... Um, 
Kind of an odd show this time. Usually, they kind of undersell the show. They say, well, some people are funny and some people are... Usually, everybody has one or two good jokes, uh, and usually more than that. Uh, and this case, it was just kind of like... It wasn't that people weren't funny, but nobody was hysterical. And usually, there's a couple of hysterical people. Now, the pros part of it, uh, the pros usually finish the show. That would be Carl Spaeth, Andy Gasper, um, Vincent Holiday, and then we had a surprise guest, comedian John Roy, who is a national headlining comedian, who was up in Dayton doing some shows, but came down to uh, just to finish up the, the Pro-Am show, and he's going to be back in Cincinnati in May. Hopefully we'll talk to him then. So that was a big, big treat. So the pros did great. Uh, us ams uh, kind of hit or miss, but I learned something uh, really odd uh, at that show. Now, I'm going to preface this, and I know I don't have to, you're all smart enough to know this, but this would apply to any comedian uh, it just so happens that the comedian that did this uh, was black, uh, and you'll understand why that's important in a second. Okay, so um, understand that uh, Brian Million, who is African-American, was up, and he was one of the better Rams, by the way. He, he killed it. He was really good. He had a funny joke about his dog not being able to be a, a, a watchdog, and that was pretty funny. Uh, there was another uh, black comic that came up, and then there was another black comic waiting to go on, uh, before this kid came up, a kid from Columbus. So he rolls up there. Remember, Brian Million has been on. Another black comic has been on. Kid rolls up and says, I'm your token black comic for the evening. And I'm like, no, you're not. You're the third guy up there. There's one more to go. There's 19 comics on the bill. There's four black guys. That's over 25% African Americans on the bill. You're not token anything, dude. So, And believe me, I- I'm not an expert comedian. I do it three, four times a year. But I would know that if I looked around and said, hmm, my big opener probably isn't going to work because the setup is now screwed up. I'm going to switch opening jokes. And I have a couple I can go with. Like It was, it was really cold out, so I went with my the one you're going to hear. But um, there was a chance it was going to be uh, warm again. I was going to switch back to my uh, infant's CPR opener joke. So it was, I just thought it was weird that he would come up and say he was the only black comic, when in reality, he was one of, of four. And uh, actually, apart from that, though, he was actually pretty funny. Um, so anyway, uh, you can feel free to hit the fast-forward button if you haven't already. But here's my three minutes from uh, the program. Again, steady laughs, uh, not big yucks. And uh, then we'll get on to our big interview with Paul Meyerhog. Here's me doing stand-up. Stop on by. With that, are you guys ready to get this show started? All right. Please welcome your first comedian, very funny, Mr. P.F. Wilson. All right. Thanks for coming out, guys. It's a bitterly cold still. It is, yeah. They say you should keep your gas tank half full to avoid a fuel line freeze up. But I like to keep mine half empty because I'm a pessimist. <laughs> it's going to freeze on anyway. When it says cold, you've got to do stuff indoors. Uh, I've been shopping with the family a lot. We uh, were out shopping the other day and uh, we were in the store and I saw this really cool vase. And the tag on it said reduced. And I thought, cool. I ran up to the counter and asked the lady, how big did this used to be? Did <laughs> I get any bigger on my show? <laughs> I had a complaint about stuff like I used to, uh, bad service, at a coffee shop the other day. And uh, I took a sip of my coffee, and there was a hair in it. And I took it up to the barista, and I'm like, dude, there's, there's a hair in my coffee. And he goes, sir, that, that's impossible. I said, well, how is it impossible there's a hair in my coffee? And he said, because it's 100% Brazilian. <laughs> the post office, people complain about the post office, but I never have. Uh, you know, they get confused with the 
line. I was there to get a couple people at the counter, so I had no complaints, except they got a little tippy when I got to the counter. I got up there and the fellow says, oh, sorry about your weight, sir. Well, I put on a few pounds, sir. I'm going to work it off on the string. My uh, laptop was on the bricks, and uh, I had to call the Hewlett uh, Packard Health Center uh, over there in India. And I spoke to Steve. Richard Steve was not his real name. Because they nom the Jude. But I don't want to complain to Steve. Like Steve, uh, probably Steve Butter was not good, as a matter of fact. And he fixed my problem very quickly. I was very happy about that. Uh, I do have a problem with Hewlett Packard thinking I'm someone who racist, but I'm going to have a problem if my health center guy has a foreign sounding name. Uh, you know, Tebow's call center is in Tennessee, I believe it is. And uh, I'm wondering if you call down there, uh, and if you're calling from India with a follow of your Tebow, does the guy answer the phone and say, Yeah, my name is Rod G, if I'm knowing your name? <laughs> That's what happened. A uh, 30-year-old girl in Michigan pulled over, uh, driving her dad's van. Dad's in the key next door. Cops are like, what, What's going on? And she says, I'm driving my dad to the store to get more beer. Um, yeah, and, and that's kind of sad, isn't it? I can't even get mine to bring you one from the refrigerator. <laughs> All right, last one for you here. Uh, I have no friends. Um, uh, my daughter took a cheerleading back in the fall. I went to the parent meeting and they explained all the, you know, you had to show up a half hour before game time, got to wear white socks. Uh, any questions? And I said, yes. Uh, when will you teach them to be stuck up and bitchy? <laughs> I need to know that. All right, well, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Meyerhog is a stand-up comedian from Canada, and like several of his countrymen, and indeed some comedians from the U.S., he's found great success performing mostly in the U.K. He comes back to North America once a year to visit home and do some shows in Canada and the U.S. And here now is our conversation with Paul Meyerhog. <laughs> yeah, run around. Well, I got to interview another one after this, so uh, uh, just run around like crazy. So let me walk you in here. We'll get rolling. Okay, joining us on PS Tape Recorder, it's Paul Myrahog. Did I pronounce that correctly, Paul? Yeah, that's right. You're gonna have to wait. Okay, I'm busy. Okay, so our first interruption so far. Um, <laughs> uh, so uh, I can uh, tell by your accent, of course, and uh, apart from your phone number, that uh, you are Canadian. I am. And uh, as many listeners of this podcast know, I am a huge canophile. <laughs> and that, that always... I've never heard that term before. That, that, always, <laughs> that always dismays my Canadian guests, <laughs> many, of, many of whom think I'm kidding, pulling their leg, but I couldn't be more serious. Um, uh, where, where are you at in Canada? Uh, I'm in Camrose, Alberta uh, right now, where I was uh, born. It's about an hour east of Edmonton. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, I interviewed... Uh, let me see. I think it was Kelly. Kelly Taylor, I think, is from Saskatchewan. Or am I thinking of somebody else? <laughs> no way. Yeah, that's uh, that's Taylor for sure. He's from uh, Prince Albert, Saskatchewan. Which that's right. Is, okay. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, that's about seven hours from my hometown. Yep. Yeah. Well, it's a lot, a lot of space out west there in Canada. So uh, <laughs> yeah, unlimited. <laughs> okay. So um, well, we uh, don't know uh, a lot about you. So let's start from the beginning. It's uh, born and raised in Alberta, as you said. But um, how did you get interested in comedy? Did you grow up uh, like watching the Air Force and things like that, or uh, and or did you always want to be a comic? Or did friends say, "Hey, you're pretty funny. You, you should go down a stage somewhere." Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, was uh, sort of funny in school, and um, uh, and I used to sneak into bars. Uh, the legal drinking age where I'm from is 18 years old in okay. my province. So um, when I was 16, I sort of looked old enough to get in. And uh, any comedy night that came through town, I would sneak in and go watch. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, yeah, and I would talk to the comics afterwards, and. Uh, uh, sort of got interested in it that way, and um, uh, when I turned 18, I, I went up to Edmonton and tried it out uh, at, at the club in uh, West Edmonton Mall, and, okay. uh, and away you go. There you go. All right. So who were your early influences? Who, um, like a lot of comics came through, but were you influenced by them or by uh, stuff you saw on TV or both, or how did that happen? Uh, well, I really thought that, um, I, I mean, both for sure. I still remember all the guys that came through, um, uh, but you know what? It was uh, uh, Eddie Murphy Raw. I think me and my friends watched that about okay. three hundred times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, the VHS. Uh, yeah, yeah. We just watch it over and over and over again. And uh, what, what Canadian comics or people we would know, or because I know some people just stay up there and make a career up there in, in radio and TV and comedy, but then other other guys and gals come down here. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, the guys that uh, that have success in the states, um, uh, you know, that's sort of that's sort of a benchmark. Um, so um, they're they're legends up here. But um, so yeah, Harlan Williams. Um, but uh, oh yeah, yeah. The west, the Western Canadian guys. Uh, you know, there's Kevin Stovall, Kerry Unger. Um, you know, Matt Billen. There's a whole bunch of guys that uh, are are Canadian and and mostly work in Canada that uh, that I really looked up to. Uh, growing up. So are you branching out more and uh, touring the States uh, now, or are you mostly touring in Canada? How's, uh, what have you been doing lately? Actually, um, I, I live in Europe, so um, oh. I, yeah, yeah, so I'm a London comic. I base out of London, oh. England, and uh, yeah, yeah, so uh, most of my work is over there. I, I'm only home for about three months a year, uh, and it's right around this time to do uh do the corporate season here in Alberta, and I do a club tour in January, and then and then head back over to Europe. So I, I work, uh, yeah, UK, mainland Europe, uh, and a lot in the Middle East and Asia, and and, uh, and a little bit Australia. Huh. Now, so how did your career take that turn? Um, yeah, I was always sort of um, envious of guys that uh, that worked over there. The scene um, is uh, is really strong in in London, so. I knew I sort of always wanted to go that route. Uh, so, yeah, when I, I was able to get a visa when I was uh, 29 years old, so I'm, uh, that was a couple of years ago. Um, so I just moved over and tried it out. I had a good manager and a good opportunity over there, and, and uh, um, you know, the work in Canada can, can spread a little thin. Um, yeah. And, I mean, yeah, you, you can make a living, but uh, but it's easier if you can get out of the country and, and, and a lot of guys, uh, an easier option is England because the, the visas come a little bit easier than the States. So, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I and, and you know, I, I, I really like the culture over in Europe. And, um, oh, yeah. So it, it, yeah, it's a good fit, you know. 
Yeah, uh, second to my love of Canada would be my love of Britain, so <laughs> that works out pretty good. So Yeah, yeah, with the amount of comedy clubs there, too, in London, you know, I, I, they, they always say there's about 300 uh, in London wow. alone, so it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's nonstop over there. Holy cow. So did your uh, particular style of comedy play well over there? Did you kind of, uh, you know, like, you know, uh, Greg Proops is popular here and over there, but, you know, he has kind of a... A British sensibility, and he's kind of an Anglophile as well. And then, but then there's people like Rich Hall that were popular here, but then went over there and stayed there because people took a shine to them. Uh, how did that work for you? Uh, yeah, I, just, uh, I, I found I found the switch over um, uh, relatively easy. Uh, I'm a little bit more of a, a laid back storytelling style, oh, okay. uh, like like you'd see. Uh, Taylor is very much like that as well. The Western Canadian guys sort of uh, uh, tend to have that draw because we have to cover a lot of time very early in our careers. We're we're doing an hour on stage up here. Yeah, um, yeah, very early. So I did have to change that. There's more of a machine gun style of comedy because uh, you're only doing 20 minute sets in the UK. Oh. Um, so it took a, it took a little while to get used to that rapid fire um, style, but uh, but yeah, once you get the hang of it, it's um, uh, the sensibilities over there. Then uh, it comes. So it it didn't come exactly naturally, but um, but yeah, I got I got a handle of it now. And uh, you know, Proops um, and Hall are are just unbelievable. And they you know I was at Edinburgh this year, and both of them are running shows. So. Um, so I got to go watch, and they're, yeah, they're they're really popular, especially Hall. It's unbelievable how how yeah. popular he is up there. I remember him from uh, well, from a lot of things, but but most notably, I think his big uh, thing here that people might remember him for. Uh, people around my age would be uh, HBO's Not Necessarily the News, which was actually based on a British series called Not the Nine O'Clock News, and uh, he had a big part in that with this. Is I think Sniglets, I think, is what he called it, and. Uh, <laughs> But then yeah, off, right. off to England for him, yeah. Uh, so is that a standard thing in the UK? Because I know here we have it. It's pretty set. We when you go to a comedy show in the US and, and I guess Canada as well, you have an MC does ten minutes. You have a feature, or what's you know the opening act as they say in music, but a feature act we call it in comedy does about twenty twenty five, and then your headliner does anywhere between an hour, uh, a little over an hour. Is that how it works in England? Or are you saying that it's this just twenty minute is more standard? Yeah, no, their style is different. So you have um, you have a MC they call a compare um, uh, that does yeah about uh, ten or twelve off the top, um, and then the, uh, one person doing twenty minutes. They take a break, and the crowd goes and gets a pint and has a smoke, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, another act doing twenty, and then another break, and again they go get a pint and a smoke, and then. Uh, they, the last guy comes and does another twenty. So there's three guys doing twenty minutes. Oh, okay, interesting, huh? So when yeah. You... So you sort of uh, worry about when you first get there if the crowd's gonna come back and uh. Uh, you know have, <laughs> yeah be ready for you, you know that's such a huge difference from uh, U.S. and Canada run the same way and you always think that. Um, will they have the attention span to come back after after not seeing comedy and just mingling at the bar? But uh, but they're used to it over there, and it works out real well. Okay. So what kind of things do you talk about on stage? Is it autobiographical? Is it current events? Is it social observation? What kind of stuff is it? Uh, uh, yeah, I'm not um, uh, I'm not a political guy, political guy or or current event guy. I'm, I'm definitely storytelling uh, and uh, true. 
you know, true stories, uh, anything really crazy that's happened in my life, I usually, uh, I usually try to talk about that and uh, sort of ensures that it's a, it's an original bit. And um, so, you know, uh, I talk about uh, I, I had an adult circumcision done, so that that's a big chunk of my act. Ouch! Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which, uh, which, yeah, definitely, people always want to talk about. Uh, Not me. After they see that. <laughs> 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 but uh, you know things like that. You know, getting getting thrown in jail for being a, a you know the drunk tank, not real jail. But yeah, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Things like that. Okay. So, do you uh, pick and choose the stories to adjust them between the uh, North America and England, or is it they're just stories? And since we're all you know English speaking heritage, that it's it, it's it, everyone can understand. Yeah, there's actually yeah, it's it's funny what bits don't work over there. You, it takes a little while to filter them through, and um, but uh, yeah, there, there's definitely stories that I can tell in North America that I can't tell in the UK for whatever reason. Um, yeah, they just don't work, or or people uh, just don't get one of the references, uh, and you can sort of lose the whole story. Uh. So um, yeah, there's definitely a few I can't do over there. Uh, but don't you find, I guess, that that the the English are more savvy of North American culture than we are of British culture? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, I mean, American media is such a is such a juggernaut that they um, they really know uh, a lot more than I do. I, it's funny, like you, when I first moved over, there are comics that are. Uh, arena sensations, you know, guys that would play the O2, the same venue that Michael Jackson would play, and yeah. I had no idea. I'd never heard of them, or you know, would I didn't didn't even come on my radar at all. Um, but yeah, they 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 sort of know. Uh, um, well, not not Canadian, but uh, but the American culture really well. Are there a lot of North American comics over there, or like, uh, or you kind of have a the market cornered? <laughs> no, uh, they. You know, there, there, there's a lot of Canadians. Um, there, there was a group of comics that went over, um, I'd say about 12 years ago, sort of right around when I was starting, um, uh, that are that are very popular over there. The Canadian comics have a really good rep. Um, so there, there's a core group of them. Uh, more and more go over um, all the time, and 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 there's a lot of uh, Americans as well. I mean, I, I I'd say there's more Canadians than Americans, though. Okay, I'm curious. Do you think do the do the British view us as North Americans, or do they view us separately as Americans and Canadians? I never kind of put my finger on that. Uh, they definitely view us as separate. Um, oh, okay. They yeah yeah they're they're. Um, they're a little bit more open to Canadian than, than American. Um, you know, if you're doing comedy over there, usually within, we'll always say like, not necessarily jokes about being Canadian because that was sort of done many years ago by, yeah, by yeah. some of the first guys that went over. But, you know, we would probably say, Hey, I, you know, I was born in Canada. I live here now uh, pretty early in our set because they tend to be, a little bit more open to uh, the Canadians, and I don't know if that's because of the Commonwealth thing, or you know, we still have their their queen on our money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, or or if it's just a matter of uh, you know America and the and and the UK sort of being the top two dogs, and uh, there's a little bit of rivalry there. But uh, but yeah, they they it's separate for sure. It, it's funny how some of the stereotypes go around Robin through all the I would say the four major English speaking countries uh because i was listening to radio one one time and they 
they had to call Canada for some reason. They just kept saying how polite and nice everybody was. So, and we we get that a lot here. That's always we, that's kind of the stereotypical view of Canadians is how polite they are and they won't offend anybody. And then the Australians are all kind of crazy. They're kind of the rowdy. Someone was describing this to me. I can't remember who who it was. Uh, Might have been even a New Zealand uh, comic. Um, the guy was on the flight of the Concords. I, we just interviewed him a couple of weeks ago, and I always just oh, say. Nice. But anyway, he was saying that, uh, yeah, it's kind of like the, uh, like you said, the Americans and the British are kind of the, the rival brothers and the, the Canadians are kind of the silly brother and then the Australians are kind of the rowdy, go running out and getting drunk brother and, you know, but we're all one big happy family in the end. <laughs> Reese Darby, that's who it was. Reese Darby, I think, this, yeah, yeah, he, he described it, which, you know, and he, he having worked in all four countries, I guess, would have a, a, a good a good ear for that as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Reese is just up uh, doing the, the the club in Edmonton as well. But yeah, that I think that's really accurate. You do, the the British and the Americans tend to to lock horns at the top, and and um, and yeah, I don't know who's crazier, Australians or Canadians. I'm I'm not too sure. Those Aussies, uh, they they can party as well. But <laughs> yeah, that's but then yeah, then you got you know Canadians. You know, we, uh, some hockey hockey night in Canada, some beer. You know, and it, things can get a little rowdy as well. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But uh, but yeah, I think the Australians have a, a little bit more of like the Americans really have a love affair with them, you know, being sort of goofy. and. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah. We, we get on with them. Yeah. And, and someone was telling me, too, that uh, uh, an American comedian, uh, Jimmy Dore, uh, a guy I'm friendly with, said that uh, he thinks Australia is like the only place in the world where people still like us. <laughs> <laughs> They love Americans yeah, there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. They absolutely do. So that's, that's strange. Uh, it must be back in uh, in World War II when you guys saved them, maybe. Yeah. Well, maybe. It could have something to do with it. So uh, what other uh, vehicles do you have for your comedy, or would you like to have for your comedy? Uh, you know, radio, TV, anything, or just, just playing bigger and bigger venues? Uh uh, no, I have uh, a couple of television. I have an hour comedy special on the Comedy Network um, that's uh, that's airing right now, um, and uh, yeah, a couple of uh, festival gala sets. Um, that's more Canadian, I guess. That uh, on uh, on CTV, the Comedy Network, and C- CBC, and a lot of um, uh, tons of XM radio stuff and Sirius. Uh, down in in New York, or, um, okay. They're, they're, yeah, they're they're really nice to me, and and uh, and spin a lot of my uh, my jokes. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm just starting to get over into the. Uh, I've got my first uh, television uh, appearance in, in uh, the UK on uh, on uh, ITV2. It's uh, it's a comedy festival that's in uh, Austria, and it's uh, oh, okay. it's linked to snowboarding. It's called uh, Altitude. So. Uh, oh, neat. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that it was, it was a really cool festival. Um, yeah. So uh, just, just starting to get my toe in the water over there. Cool. Uh, follow sports much back home. Uh, the the Oilers, the Eskimos, uh, any of that? Oh man, I'm a diehard Oiler fan. As painful as that is right now, hmm. uh, <laughs> they're having an atrocious year. But uh, yeah, uh, Oiler Eskimo fan. Uh, and for uh, NFL, um, I'm a I'm a Seahawk guy, and okay. uh, I, yeah, I lived in um, I lived in Vancouver for for a while, and and would uh, jet down and watch games uh, once in a while. Okay. Uh, yeah, and and when I lived uh, there, I worked uh, the comedy scene in Seattle and in Oregon and and uh, Northern California quite a bit. So oh, cool. Um, 
yeah, yeah. And for footage, we always sort of, uh, in, in Western Canada, you, you sort of have to be a Seahawks fan because all the news feed that comes up is usually uh, 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 Tacoma and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and yeah. Seattle news. Well, the whole reason I got following the CFL is because I lived across uh, the lake from Ontario in Cleveland. So the signal comes right across the lake uh, from the CBC and the CTV. And uh, so when, like in August and stuff, when the NFL hadn't started yet, yeah, I'm saying, oh, wait, what, there's football on TV. What's this? And I became a fan. That's awesome. Yeah. And I, I really like the Americans that follow it because you you'll see a lot of players that that'll end up in the NFL, you know, it's sort of, uh, it's sort of a farm lead a little bit and yeah, yeah, it's, it's worth watching, isn't it? Yeah. And a lot of, uh, the way they sell it down here is that a lot of college stars that didn't quite make it to the NFL, uh, wind up going up there and doing real well because the game just suits them. We have a, we had a guy, uh, Milt Stiegel actually went to college, uh, right up the road here from Cincinnati in at Miami, played a season for the Bengals, uh, did kick returns, did okay, went up to, Winnipeg, of course, just completely blew it up and it holds all kinds of receiving records now. So because and he said just it, that that game just suited him better than the NFL product. So yeah, yeah, Steagle is great, and and it's mostly guys that uh, like the the NFL is just monsters. So yes. if they if they're lacking in size just a little bit, it's um, yeah, this is a way better league and. Um, yeah, and, and you, there's a little bit more space too. You know, you got uh, our right. fields are a little bit bigger, and you can uh, run a post uh, pattern yeah. in the from the ten yard line because the end zone is so deep. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great that you watch it. That's uh, yeah, and uh, uh, yeah, it's an, it's a good league, and we just added another team. Uh, yep. Ottawa just got a, an expansion team this year. Still, so, uh, uh, still, still a little controversy yeah. over the name, over that silly name. <laughs> Yeah, what the hell is that all about? <laughs> for, for people who aren't in the know, uh, Ottawa lost their original team, the Rough Riders. They came back into the league in the 90s with, with the Renegades. They didn't want to be Rough Riders again because there is a Rough Riders uh, in Saskatchewan. Uh, Kelly Taylor's mum, by the way, big fan. And um, he's not, but she is. Uh, and so now they have an expansion team. This is their third team, and they're, they're called the Red Blacks because the colors of the previous two teams were red and black. And boy, at the press conference, they were saying people are kind of like, "Well, uh, you know, these are have always been our colors." No one wants to say they could really get behind the name, but they didn't want anything bad about it either. It's kind of funny that Canadian politeness, <laughs> even in your own country. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So. Yeah, but I have no idea. Like, uh, yeah, the one of my favorite, like old, uh, just for last gala jokes is uh, it's an American guy, and he talked about how um, how the Canadians can't name any sports teams because of the, the two Rough Riders, you know? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah they're just, we have no originality, and now we make a mistake like that. It's, uh, it's ridiculous. Yeah, they should have gone back to Rough Riders after all. All right, man. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, thanks for taking the time here. Um, recording this on Christmas Eve, of course, so I hope you have a, a lovely holidays and uh, have a nice, uh, safe trip back to uh, the U.K. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, and to, to yours, too, and I appreciate the time. All right, thanks, Paul. Okay, right. bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks again to Paul Meyerhog for being on the show. Actually, uh, we recorded that back in December when I was stockpiling interviews, so if there were... Uh I wasn't really listening. If there were any references to Christmas or anything like that, uh, forgive. You'll understand why those are in there now. But anyway, you can catch Paul Meyerhog at paulmeyerhog.com. Meyerhog is spelled M-Y-R-E-H-A-U-G. I'm sure your search engine will correct your spelling if you're a little bit off. But you can find all of his tour dates there as well. For our folks overseas, uh, our fans overseas there, uh, to the month of Mar- uh, 
Through the month of March, Paul will be in London, Dubai, Bahrain, and the French Alps. In the month of March, go to paulmeyerhog.com to find those exact dates. Next week's show, we're going to do the special edition of PS Tape Recorder, the thing I've been talking about for a couple of weeks now. It's going to happen next week, and I guess I can tell you what it's going to be called. It's going to be called Your Favorite Band. What we're going to do is we're going to take somebody and interview them about their favorite band, why that band is their favorite, a little history of that band, and uh, hopefully it'll be interesting. Our first guest is going to be Caleb Bacon. He writes for Sullivan and Son, the sitcom on TBS, as well as doing his own podcast, Man School, recommended. We'll link to that. And he's going to talk about his favorite band, Depeche Mode, which is my third favorite band. So uh, look for that next week. I think it's going to be really cool. We'll see how it goes. Maybe it'll be spun off as a uh, podcast of its own. Meantime, like PF Tape Recorder on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter at PF66. PF Tape Recorder logo designed by Dan Coble. Follow him at Tiger Dactyl on Twitter. Original music for PF Tape Recorder was composed and performed by John Veropoulos and Doug O'Connor with a little help from me. And other than that, so long and thanks for listening. (laughs) 